0: Hi everybody! Welcome to football in general. Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to Week Seven, man. How does it feel to be sitting next to me and recording? It's very special, and it's uh, it's very warm. It's a lot of tension here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying there's like you know something that might happen, but it, in, if it does, it does. You know, just just let uh, the universe kind of figure it out. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, we'll we'll keep, keep, it. Moving, yeah we'll keep on moving forward. So let me ask you this: something that's worse than being next to you, the the. The offenses, man, in the NFL so far this season, Denver, New England, New York Giants, some people are even saying, like, Carolina's historically bad. What do you make of all this terrible football we've been seeing over the last, I mean, basically month and a half? Well,
1: uh, I'm just, uh, you know, you know, hoping and clapping my hands and stomping my feet Uh. that, uh, that the Vikings don't fall into that category because, uh. They do have the same record as all those teams. Um, they've been getting done on offense, but they're still getting beat every week. Um, but no, you're you're right. I think uh, people are right. I think they see uh, what everybody else is seeing, and that's that uh, some of these offenses are just they're just difficult to watch. Um, it, it's uh, it's not a good product, and there's uh, you know regardless of of how many fantasy players you might have involved. Uh, there's matchups already in, in this uh, five-week season we've enjoyed that they're just bad. I mean, it's just bad football.
0: Yeah, no question. Um, it's even worse when you, you're sort of, well, you're sort of forced to watch it because you're fandom, you're so dedicated to it, you just can't give it up. It's like a, it's like a drug, you know? Right. <laughs> like right. Watching the New England Patriots hurts me deeply. But at the same time, I need the dopamine of just being there. You know, I kinda of feel like a Kevin James meme every time. Like are you really <laughs> do, are you really gonna watch this team again this weekend? Like Your shoulders shrugged. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or like a Larry David episode or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's just terrible, dude. So um but yeah, nonetheless, I mean what like so let me ask you this, right? Because we have so many teams that are one and four and there's always like sort of like an argument every year that because they're in that position, there's basically there's zero opportunity chances they make the playoffs. Why do you think Most people believe that, like, if you're in one of four, that's such a hole that you can't get out, even though we're literally in the second week of October.
1: I I, so I think uh, a big part of it is just uh, you know the history of the league and has it ever been done before? Um, Which I don't. I think one and four is pretty damning. I don't know if anyone's ever gone one and four and made the playoffs.
0: Pretty rare. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It has to have happened before, but still, it's just (laughs) uh, just not good. And 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 even then, you're you're that team that made it to the playoffs but that's you know you knew it wasn't going to go farther than that um so yeah it's uh it's tough but then a season like this where we have so many one and four teams mm, who knows
0: yeah no it's it's odd um I, the only reason I asked that because you know we've talked before about how so you know because the way this season set up like basically the first month of the seasons like preseason Right. Essentially, for a lot of teams. Yeah. So, like, you know, given that's the case, right? I mean, if we take that into context, like, is it possible that there's like we're opening basically a door of extended preseason, maybe even the six or seven weeks? You know, given that we're that the offenses are sort of getting going, and teams have to figure themselves out, that it's really not just the preseason, and a few weeks in the season. It's starting to become the few, maybe first few months of the season.
1: Yeah, and, and and it's a, you know, it it doesn't change, uh, you know, what a team has to do to end up in the playoffs. Like get out these, of one These yeah. these, team, the, these
0: early season wins and losses, they're important. No question, no question about that. We'll keep an eye on moving forward. As i like to say here on the podcast, Trevor, it's one of our favorite sayings. But <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, let's talk about some impactful injuries. Your, your boy, Justin Jefferson, was, uh, was put on IR earlier this season, and people are saying, basically, Minnesota's done. They should trade Kirk Cousins. They should move the team to England. Oh, my God. Um, and if possible, maybe even relocate them to Mars. Like That's what I've been hearing, courtesy of Mike Giardi of the NFL Network, uh, that Mars is, a, is an option. It has been for many years. Um, it rhymes with Vikings apparently. Um but like, you know, is an injury like that or Devon A. Chan from Miami who went on um uh, injured reserve earlier this this week, pretty devastating effects, man. If you're like, you are a Minnesota fan, I say if you are, I mean it's no there's no question you are. Now I we'll see after this week sort of where you're at. But if that happens, like, you know, they go one and five and they don't have Justin Jefferson like People were even saying that this could be his last run on the Vikings. Well, and and it's
1: you know it's something we love to do in this league. It is the ultimate soap opera, and so is the speculation of of things to come. Uh, but it uh, it makes it makes some sense. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson wanted a contract extension going into the season. They didn't work that out um if uh, if he's ready to come back in 4 weeks and the Vikings are 1 and 7 uh there's not a lot of incentive for him to to come back on time and and contribute to a season that's going nowhere um i do think and and i've said this uh uh for about a year now um it uh it feels like a lot of a lot of the Vikings fans don't realize that we are uh, we're headed towards rebuild, not win now. Um, there was a really good season last year, but uh, uh, it almost felt like the uh, the Oakland days when they went on that really good run with their uh, metric, you know, the money ball story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just didn't work when you get to that high level of competition. The Vikings were playing really good football last year, all year long. That same kind of football won't get you from, you know, Wild Card Weekend to the Super Bowl. So then we'll
0: get you Brad Pitt in a leading role in <laughs> <laughs> a future film, either. yeah, as so, Kirk Cousins. Right, that'd right. be great. The, the Brad uh, Pitt of the NFL. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Anyways, so. Uh, the Vikings, I feel like, like I, I mean, I love Kirk cousins. Uh, you know, the more I get to know him, the more I like him. I, I loved him as a Vikings quarterback. Uh, he's on the last year of his contract. I don't think they're going to extend him. Uh, tragically, Kirk cousins feels like another one of these really good quarterbacks. That's never going to get a championship ring. Uh, cause he just never had the right situation. It's a, it's a 53 man roster and you need 53 guys to get there. And, uh, and I think Kirk Cousins is gonna finish his career with another team. Uh I wouldn't be surprised as a Vikings fan Vikings fans should not be surprised if we trade Justin Jefferson the way we traded Stephon Diggs or Randy Moss mm. uh in an effort to become a more complete, more competitive team. Um no nobody's nobody uh you know argues how valuable or special a player he is, but like we need defense badly. Uh we need a young uh, ace running back. Uh, we need a lot of things. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. I mean, when I was predicting this sort of stuff a year ago, I, it felt like, okay, you know, if there's one piece you hold on to, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. Um, and now it's looking like that might not even be the case. But uh, you could certainly get, I mean, Justin Jefferson is young enough and good enough that you can get first round talent out of trading him there's no doubt there um but uh whether or not he'd be enough to make a a go for like a number one overall pick i don't know about that um whether or not a number one overall pick in hindsight would work out you know Mm -hmm. are we going to get a super bowl in a few years out of out of moving on from what we have right now nobody can know um but uh yeah it's uh it's been a rough start to the season for Vikings and, uh, it's, uh, I just don't see it getting better fast. We, we need to play the long game. And I think that's why they brought in, uh, guys like, uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell and, uh, and the new GM, whose name I can never remember, Mm. but you know, they're both in their second year with the organization. I'm pretty Mm. sure, uh, the Wilf brothers brought them in to, uh, to take this team all the way, and you don't just come in and keep the same roster and
0: and make it happen. So, it's a good explanation for a pretty. Uh, minimal question. I got, got a lot more out of that than I expected. But, like, to be honest, it's been you know, on my mind a while. It's been <laughs> <on my laughs> well, I guess, you know, we used to say that when we first made this podcast, that this podcast for me was at least sort of like therapy in a lot of ways. And I guess you could say I'm still sort of processing Cam Newton and some <laughs> of the other things that have happened in the last few <laughs> years for <laughs> New England. And likewise, there's some things that happened over the week that you have not sat well with you on I mean, the sort of Vikings front. Um, and uh, subsequently, you know, it's interrupted your performance of, in your life. <laughs> at work dude that's why you had to talk about it for so long but let's let's be honest I mean it sounds like to me like you're hoping for like a Tyreek Hill sort of like situation where you get like a first round pick a second round pick you can rebuild some pieces on defense kind of like Kansas City did you know granted you don't have Mahomes so the window's a little different um, but that's and maybe you suck bad enough where you get Caleb Williams or like Shadur Sanders and one of these guys from college
1: Right, and uh, and and it Started could over. just it could just be a coincidence that the Vikings drafted uh, Caleb Williams, number one uh, weapon uh, from last year when they got Jordan Addison. Um, but when people speculate that they're going to go after him, it it only kind of helps the the narrative, like oh, they've already got Jordan Addison. Wouldn't that be great to grab Caleb Williams and put those two back together? And then, and then we have to win this world, right? That's that's what teams always think when they get these pieces. Of, oh, oh, we, we, who could stop us now? Yeah. Um, fate. <laughs> God. Not, yeah. not preseason non-contact injuries. <laughs> right. in pre-season. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Accidents. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, um, fear, right? As uh, FDR would say. But like, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting, man. I thought it was one of the weird. It was one of the weirder uh, developments that happened this week because it wasn't just that he got hurt. It was, all of a sudden it jumped right to he's, he wants to get out of Minnesota, even though he didn't say that. But they didn't do the contract. They haven't agreed on that either. There's a fifth year option, and he's worth the money. And well, we might as well trade him. <laughs> like all that came out of basically them being one and four, like just like that, like right after the game. That was a narrative almost immediately, so it's really interesting. you Follow this Minnesota situation, not just because we have Trevor here on the podcast, but like we mentioned earlier in the season, it was bizarre for them to go like thirteen and four, and literally like were ranked somewhere in the bottom half of the league. Turns out it wasn't a coincidence. I think they're a very competitive team, but they're just they just are what they are, man. They can't win. They they can't win it, and it when it matters, so you got to blow it up at some point, right? Right. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Uh um, well,
1: and that's the thing, you know, it it's one thing when you lose a couple of close games to good teams. Uh but we've played five games now and the only team we managed to beat was Carolina. Um and that is intentionally, you know, disrespect Carolina right now. Uh they're they're terrible. Um but uh but you know, you look at the other games that they've played and, and they were, you know, good to really good teams. But that's four.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You gotta win one of those. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, just, on, I mean, Like, if, if you're three. also a good team, sure, sure, you gotta win one of those games, sure. game. and we, and we haven't. So, um, so I think uh, I think the writing has been on the wall for a while, but people are starting to read it, and uh, the Vikings are headed towards a
0: rebuild. Hmm. Sad, without question. But you know, rebuilds are good, man. You know, and if you have a t- an owner like Ziggy Wolf, then you're in good hands. You need stability at the ownership position to really have, like, a good rebuild. And, like, there's nothing better than having an owner like Ziggy Wolf in that position. So, I mean, well, it's, and, it's... And a great, great facilities,
1: great right. stadium, right. and a great uh, NFLPA rating. Yeah. For, for, it's, it was rated the team, uh, you know, most... Uh, I don't know, most desired to play... The, the players voted it the best team to play for. Hmm. Um, so, All right. so there's a lot of... Positives going in terms of like attracting free agents. Once we, you know, draft draft some positions, um, I'm an expert on team building. So, <laughs> <laughs> excellent right? Just like Mister Burns over here.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, like you know, like you said, we'll keep an eye on it moving forward. But let me tell you, I see this, Trevor. Um, do you have a stove?
1: Uh, I do. I, it's uh, it's one of those electric, like glass top. Stoves. I see. I see. How many burners does it got? Uh, it's got four burners, and okay. one of them can like switch sizes. Oh, wow! Like, do you want it to be smaller? or Do you want a big diameter? Whoa! Yeah, pretty, pretty fancy stuff. Pretty fancy.
0: It's only like twenty-year-old technology. Wow, that's it's wow. Like <laughs> that's that's really relevant. That's that's today's world, right? Oh, well, so that so it sounds like to me you have a lot of space for pots and pans and things that could possibly. I don't know. Um, bring a think. Bring a liquid up the temperature that has the visco- vis- viscosity. Excuse me, of uh, chocolate milk. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. And it tastes sort of, sort of beefy. Little, little, little savory. A little savory. Something you might put on potatoes potentially. Potatoes. All right. Well, it's that time of the year, man. That's what it <laughs> is. Where. <are> <laughs> What's taters precious? Just, thank thank you for that. I was even thinking potatoes. Right? Potatoes. Yeah, it's just the, the you know Lord of the Rings with their potato references. You can't hate it. And if you do, it's not the right podcast. Really. Simple, <laughs> simple as that. But potatoes in general uh, will be out next week. But uh, we'll let we'll, you know when we switch our name over. In the meantime, man, all these just devastating industri- industry industries, injuries, easy for me to say, and things that have just happened across the league that have just warped teams like game plans and things and whatnot, um, it's time to whisk up the gravy and get an idea of kind of like what we're looking at here as far as like waiver wire pickups. Because let's be honest, man, it's week what? We said week six, right? Mm-hmm. This is pivotal in fantasy football. If you're all, it, it, it's not, see, this is different with fantasy football and we can get into just a brief discussion and I'll give you a few guys to pick up. Won't take up too much time, but I'm curious and how you feel about this. In fantasy football, if you're like one and four right now or you're like two and three, that would be almost like a death sentence in the NFL and fantasy football. That could you could turn it around instantly. Like you can go, you'd be zero five right now, and somehow rack off six or seven wins because everything is nothing is under your control. And let's be honest, like anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. Like you could have a string of injuries that wipe out a whole team that's five and zero or something like that, and that hasn't happened to anybody on, on this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, with that being said, um, let's talk about the uh, potential fantasy pickups this week. And I'm going to start off with the Chicago Bears. Uh, shout out to some of our listeners who are Chicago, Chicago Bears fans. But nonetheless, Rashawn Johnson, Deontay Foreman, uh, respectfully are available 37.1% and 5.1% of the leagues. Kilo Herbert will be out. Um, and actually a pretty decent offensive line, dude. They run the ball really well in Chicago, five five yards per rush. Um, as what the, the team is averaging. I don't have the FPA in front of me, but um, we know that that's what they've been doing the last two weeks to set up Justin Fields. He's got four touchdowns per game last two weeks. So I love that. If you have DJ Moore. Oh, the Chiefs just got a pick. Sorry, that's my ADD talking right now. <laughs> um, moving on, Jeff Wilson Jr., Devon Achan. I mentioned it briefly. He'll be out multiple weeks because of knee injury. He's available in 29.7% of the leagues. Um, 21-day practice window is open, so I don't know if he's going to return to the game like playing games this week. But... The crazy part about it, Devon Achan averaged 12.1 yards a rush. Jeez. NFL record through first five games by, like, seven yards. Like, an NFL record by, like, no, six or seven yards. Something crazy. Um, averaged 33.2 fantasy points per game. Um, he's out. Jeff Wilson's in. 29.7% availability. I think, I mean, if you look at it like this, like, that's Mike McDaniel's offense. That's what they ran in San Francisco. They run the ball. A variety of guys that have speed. It would make sense that you would want to pick them up. I'd probably prioritize them. Um, and then uh, over and going over to Arizona, and I'm having a hard time here. Um, give it just a second here with the, the waiver wire. Thank you, thank you, Trevor. He's uh, he's the go up here, sir. Thank you. We got it. Got it. Working on it, folks. Give me a second with this internet. Um, uh, Amari, Amari Demarcado. De- 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 uh, 0.3% available. That's, uh, James Connors out for what's th- known to be out for multiple weeks with a knee injury. placed on injury reserve. Um, uh, he's been the third down back for Arizona, but dude, like, I mean, he got 11 points last week. Keontae Ingram's out. They run the ball a lot. They do a lot of RPO with, with Amari demarcado and Josh, do- you know, all Josh dots. Oh, you know I love Josh Dobbs.
1: Love those Dobbs. Love the
0: Dobbs, man. Double double Bs, right? Um, that's that's my boy right there. So um Demarcato's fantasy outlook is promising for me because that's all they do is run the ball. Gonna give you one receiver really quick, just a quick hit. Um, and that is Logan Thomas, 8.1% of leagues he's, he's available in. Three weeks in a row, he has 10, 10 fantasy points, um, and I believe five receptions in each game. So if you got a PPR, what is, what's our mantra here when it comes to tight ends, Trevor? Uh, don't shit the bed. Well, that's uh, <laughs> you just shouldn't do that at all. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's messy, it's hard to clean up. But I don't know, is that, if you don't have the first four, you're not going to get any fantasy points from See So you might as well stream them week to week. Absolutely. That's Logan Thomas is basically a streamer right now. Or don't poop the bed, as Trevor said, um, which I might be a problem for you, for you. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know. No, but, I
1: mean, but that's uh, that's kind of it. Yeah. In a nutshell, is like uh, you know, if you don't have one of those guys that you know you're going to start every week, then what you what you want to avoid is a big fat zero. Right. Yeah.
0: Don't shit the bed, as Trevor said. So. Nonetheless, but that's a uh, is gravy, man. That was a quick one this week. I mean, really, like, you know, there's, there's waiver wire pickups. I, I it, It's just been a really weird stretch of injuries. There's just things going on, and I think, like, you're going to see these guys, especially Amari DiMicardo, like, you got to pick them up. you got to pick them up. Jeff Wilson, Jr., pick them up. Because if you're like me and you had Devon Achan and you had, you had Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones and Khalil Herbert and Jerome Ford and all five of them got hurt, This is where I'm at right now, so it's it's depressing. But you know, to be five and zero in your fantasy league is not a bad thing. You know, I'm not in a cellar. Uh, But anyway, moving on. This week, Trevor, we get to start off with the London game. My friend, I know you love you some London game because you talk like you're from London, right? I sound like
1: I'm from London. There you go.
0: Yeah, a little Paul Rudd up in here. (laughs) That's hopefully. I know he's a big listener. Um, you got the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. the a four-point favorites of Baltimore over under forty-two. Um, well, I mean, we've seen some kind of sloppy play, but probably one of the best London games of all time. Jacksonville Buffalo last week. I mean, Tennessee coming off a big win, uh, but they're two and three. Baltimore coming off a big loss at three and two. Um, they're in a weird spot. Baltimore is in a really weird spot right now. They're, they're kind of dinged up. Lamar Jackson's played arguably his worst football of his career after getting a contract. You don't think I, I wonder do you think that's a coincidence? That I Burrow mean, gets one, Jamar, Lamar Jackson gets one all of a sudden. I mean I, I, to me it feels like a coincidence. Um it's it's kind
1: of a damning one, but uh you know, I it's I don't I don't think these guys get to be where they are and who they are by being the kind of people that like take their foot off the gas or lose their focus just because of a big payday. Um, so, to me, it feels like a coincidence that it's easy to read into. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but no, I don't think that this is why they've been playing the way they've been playing. Um,
0: hot take, Trevor. Come on. Yeah, oh, yeah, Give me yeah, the hot no, take. No, the
1: hot take. All right, yeah. right. <laughs> don't pay football players. They just suck. <laughs> yeah. uh, <right>? Replace <laughs> them after a year every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the hot take. When am I, I like going to get my turn yeah, right. uh, to get... Overpaid and then be terrible. Um, <laughs> I got loans. Help me out. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, which no, what's your take uh, on this, game? this
1: take. So, yep. um, this this game. Uh, when I was first thinking about it, I didn't notice that it was yet another London game, London. Um, which you know for these two teams, uh, for any team other than the Jaguars, it's uh, it's kind of an equalizer. Um, you know, I, I give the Ravens an edge in this matchup, but being in London. Uh it feels a little closer than that. I, I still lean with the Ravens here. Uh the four-point spread makes a little bit more sense now that I see that it's in London. because uh, at first I thought that was a little small. Um I would have I've taken the Ravens by seven uh if this was in Baltimore or even in Nashville. Um but in in London I, I think it's gonna be a tighter one. I might even take yeah, I th- I think this comes down to a field goal. I'm still taking the Ravens, but I'm going to take the Titans to cover. Um the 42 over under. Man, uh I'm I'm going to take the under in this one. I, I like the way these defenses are playing. Uh I like the way they match up with with each other's offenses. I think this is going to be a low scoring uh bit of a slugout and uh you know, a little bit of a disappointment to London after uh, last week's Really, really good game. Um, But, yeah, that's my take here. I got the Ravens winning a close one
0: across the pond. Across the pond we went, and where we will go, only you will know, at the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. It's a three-point favorite of the Minnesota over under 44. You have one team ascending, uh, I think. I mean, we don't really ever know with Chicago. So um, they could be be really good. Uh, They almost blew what we thought was going to be, uh, well, I mean, we thought it was going to be a close game. They ended up pulling away last Thursday. So it's Chicago kind of on a nice little hot streak here. Even though they're one and four. It's weird to say that. That's just the way, like, the media has sort of been presenting them. In Minnesota, we've, we've talked a lot about we should just be rena- renaming this podcast at this point to the Vikings huh. in general. But nonetheless, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, 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 NFC North in mid-October. You can't get any better than this. Right. So the game is in Chicago. Uh
1: the Vikings are a little bit better at home although that hasn't really helped them much this this season um this this is going to be uh this is an interesting matchup cuz right now i, I the, the bears fans they've been struggling for a decade uh the Vikings uh, have been doing better recently but still just uh, a heartbreaking team to root for and uh and i haven't met a bears fan yet that i can't uh you know, share around with and uh, discuss just how much we we want anybody, even the even the uh, Lions over uh, over the Packers. So so that's that's what we're playing. That's that's what anybody uh, but that's what a one in four team <laughs> in the NFC North is playing for right now. It's like, oh, I don't think we're gonna catch the Lions, but can we please just finish better than the Packers? <laughs> <laughs> Um and that that's that's kind of what this game comes down to is like which team is going to have the best shot going forward to actually catch uh the second place Packers right now. Um Yeah, it's uh I don't I don't know. So, you know, I I like Justin Fields a lot. Drafted him pretty high in the draft this year. My fantasy draft uh had a great day on my bench last week. Um but you, I mean, listeners of the podcast have heard me say that I, I thought this team was getting better every year. I was, I was worried about them going into this season being really good in my division. Um, they certainly didn't start out that way. And then you see, you know, they blew a lead two weeks ago to stay winless. They finally got their win last week. Um, the offense, the offense is starting to click. And, uh, and on the other side, we got the Vikings, who uh, you know the. The the issue was defense. The 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 offense was on a historic pace, uh, but they just lost arguably the best offensive weapon in the league. Uh, so who are they? I have no idea what what uh, the Vikings are going to look like without uh, Dalvin Cook and without Justin Jefferson. Um, Kirk Cousins he's still the centerpiece, uh, but whether or not he can count on the rest of his guys uh, to uh, to catch the balls, move the <clears throat> chains, and make these. Crazy fourth down receptions. Um, this this all this feels more like a push to me, rather than a three point favorite of Minnesota. Um, it feels like an even line, so I'm gonna. Yeah, I can't I can't choose against the Vikings, and I rarely do this with a three point spread. I'm gonna take the Bears to cover because to me this is an even match. Um, I'm gonna take the Bears to cover. I I still I so the easiest part about this is the forty four over under. I'm definitely taking the over
0: on this game. Okay, yeah, it seems like a, a potential for like a decent offensive day. And so with that being said, the the Chicago Bears are ranked third worst in FPA for running backs. Uh, Alexander Madsen seems like he's kind of figuring out. I mean, what he said, up until last week, the Minnesota Vikings had no yards after contact. That's right, right? That's at the right. running back position, and then all of a sudden they had a few. <laughs> yeah, against Kansas City. You know, maybe they're figuring out on the offensive line. like I said, I like the idea of starting Alexander Madison this week. Um it it is what it is. It, it just it's just two mid mid defenses at the end of the day. That's what they are. Yeah. They're they're both mid. So um you know, you had to start Justin Fields, but that was obvious. I wanna see if DJ Moore has a little like a little uh back to back notice, man. He's been the best receiver in football the last three weeks. No question. No question. You can't even argue it. So Moving on to the Washington Commanders at the Atlanta Falcons over under forty two and a half. Atlanta two and a half point favorite. Atlanta's three and zero at home. Big win coming off against Houston. Washington gets the old ten day Thursday night football rest, which could really benefit them in a pretty physical game with with Atlanta. And Bijan Robinson, man, coming on, coming on late here. And Sam Howell looking like he can sling it too. So it's an interesting, interesting because it's interesting because Atlanta could easily be two and three. Right now,
1: no, they 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 could
0: they could. Um,
1: Who did uh, who the commanders lose to last week? The uh, Chicago Bears. That's right. So I'm taking the Falcons in this game. (laughs) Ouch. Um, Two and four for Ron Rivera. Yeah. Wow. Um, No, I I do like the I like Atlanta at home. Uh, They play a very physical, fundamental style of football that that uh, Bijan Robinson just fits in so well. And uh, and I do think that uh, the league is starting to sleep on uh, his name Pitts.
0: Kyle Pitts. Kyle yep. Pitts. Yep.
1: Yeah. No, I think uh, I like Kyle Pitts in this game. Um, yeah, definitely taking Atlanta to win. Atlanta to win by more than two and a half. And that yep. over under that's a little tricky. That's a little tricky. Uh, but man, yeah, the uh, the Commanders defense. Uh, I just don't trust him right now. Um, so I'm going to take the over here.
0: Okay. Um, and I'm going to go with Fantasy Relevant. I mentioned him last week as a, as a gravy wire pickup. It's the – it's Smith, Janu Smith, man. Janu Smith. Janu Smith. Janu? Tomato, tomato. Um, still looking good out there. Kyle Pitts came back live. Seven catches ready, five yards last week. But uh, Janu Smith, he's he's playing like a nice like H-back kind of like – Slot kind of receiver in that offense, I, I I like him here. I still like him against against Washington. He's actually kind of like a flex tight end category when you stream him week to week. I don't hate, I hate him, I hate you picking him up. So moving on to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Thank you. At the Cincinnati Bengals, it's two and a half point favorite Cincinnati over under forty five. Um, Seattle coming off of a bye and Cincinnati um, playing decent football. Whoa, whoa, what was that? Beat uh, Arizona last week, what was it, 39-21 after we picked the upset. Unfortunately, it didn't trend in that direction because Joe Burrow just sort of like cooked. And Jamar Chase, it's pretty obvious that that offense doesn't work unless he catches the ball a lot. Right. <laughs> so, and here we are. No, uh,
1: I actually uh, had a coworker a week ago, was considering trading Jamar Chase and uh, and a running back. For Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. uh, luckily he did not go through with that um, because man, uh, Jamar Chase just came on this week last week, and uh, uh, Justin Jefferson done for the next four weeks, possibly the season. So dodged a bullet with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is a tougher to predict one. You know, I like the way the Seahawks are playing right now. Um, it's a, it's a pretty good roster. It's not an all-world roster, but, I mean, it's it really is got some good pieces in place. The Bengals, uh, you know, the Seahawks played the Bengals two weeks ago. I'd take the Seahawks, absolutely, but the Bengals really do look like they might have things figured out. Um, great game last week against an Arizona team that isn't as bad as, as their record, I don't think. Um, so this one's tough. I, you know, yeah, 2.5 points, I'm definitely, so I'm going to take the Bengals to win, which means I'm taking them to beat that 2.5 point spread. Um, it's just really hard to, we can predict one score, wins and losses, but to lose or win by less than three, it's just tough to tough to predict those those sorts of really close games. So yeah, I'm taking the Bengals to win by three. Um, I'm going to take the over on the 45 over under. I do think that these uh, these offenses are going to move the ball a lot through the air. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think think the Bengals uh, get back
0: to 500 this week. Uh, I heard a, this thing on Twitter that they said uh, Devon Witherspoon, who is the rookie top four, what was it draft pick by Seattle this year? They call him Spoon, by the way, like Sauce Gardner. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's the way it is. These these cornerbacks, I tell you. Um, And said that uh, Bobby Wagner anticipated on Spoon shutting down Jamar Chase this week. I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. You took Cincinnati in this game at home. Yeah, I think that's probably the right call. Um, Yeah. Over over on the 45 man, like you're going to get some nice offensive numbers here. This is kind of like an old school AFL game, like an AFC game from like the 70s. Totally. You know, I I kind of like the throwback kind of feel to this, especially in October. Like you're going to see a, like a lot of fireworks, and so with that being said, a little under the radar kind of guy. Um, I'm not sure why I feel like this, but this is this is Trevor's boy um, from from back when he was on Minnesota. He's on Cincinnati now. He's traveling around a little bit. Herb Smith Jr. Yeah, um, you know, kind of has been playing a little bit better as of late. I, I think he's a, kind of a streaming for tight end. I don't think. Jamal, well, Jamal Adams could not be be playing even then. I I think I told you the last two years he's the most over, overrated player in the NFL. Jamal Adams, safety for Se- Seattle. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't care what you say. He's in the box safety. That's not really how it works anymore. That's that's certainly not where the NFL is trending as far as that safety position is concerned. That's that's why he's there. You know. Um, yeah, it's that's what I think. That's that's Eric Smith Jr. Keep an eye on him as a fa- fantasy guy. So. The San Francisco 49ers, it's uh, Cleveland Browns, 9.5-point favorite The San Francisco, over-under 36. Oh, my God. Over-under 36. I just said that out loud. Um, P.J. Walker is going to play quarterback this week for Cleveland. So I don't think we have much to talk about here. <laughs> but Yeah, yikes. Yeah, yikes is right. Um,
1: God, that over-under is actually tough because these – yeah, we're just going to see defense in this game. Um I mean, yeah, would, would Christian McCaffrey be enough to take it all the way over 36? I don't, I just don't. I mean, I'm definitely taking San Francisco to win this one. It's an easy, easy prediction. Um, but uh, that over/under, yeah, I think like 21 to 16 is beating that over/under. Yeah, I'm I not just, sure how you calculate just, that one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I think I think you just assume that San Francisco wins by a bunch because their average, I think their average victory is by 20 in every game they've been in. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> so. I'm I'm gonna
1: take the over just because. Yeah, I, I do think the Browns have a good defense, but you know, there's two sides to that coin. The, the defense is gonna get tired if they're on the field the whole game because um, they just don't have a lot. Of faith in the Browns' offense right now, um, yeah. This is this is going to be all
0: 49ers. Well, moving on then. It's a <laughs> game. It's going to be all Miami. That's uh, or or a team, and it might as well be that they're basically the San Francisco 49ers of Florida, um, and I mean that in a very nice way. That's the Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins over under forty-seven and a half. Miami a thirteen and a half point favorite. Similar thing we just talked about. You know, we assume Miami's going to win by a bunch. That's why they get the yeah. line and the over/unders that high because they're it's a track meet. They don't have Devon H.M., which I think could affect the line, but nonetheless,
1: yeah, it's I, a rookie
0: quarterback on the road, man. I think you know? uh,
1: I think they had the right idea with their running backs right now. H. HM, Chan, HM, he's uh, he was doing a great job, but uh, you know, Raheem Mostert. And mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Wilson, Jeff, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Junior. Wilson Jr. Yeah, um, these these guys are not to be slept on. Um, did did both of them play in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Wilson and mm-hmm. yeah, so and mm-hmm. So that's that's why they fit this system so well. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're gonna lose a step without a chain, but uh, it uh, you know they still got uh, some of the fastest wide receivers in the league. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Miami to win. I I think they'll beat that spread. So I don't think the Panthers, uh, 0-5 Panthers, are going to be able to, to slow them down. I mean, the, Miami could win this game. They could. Miami could shut out the Panthers, and I still might take the over in this one. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Miami to win, Miami to beat the spread, and I'm taking the over.
0: Uh, it's a pretty easy one. Um, I'm not sure like really what's relevant for Carolina here. Do one and five. My goodness. Frank, Wright I Feel terrible. He's a good coach, but like just a, just a lot to gel with and all those new players and Bryce young can't see over the offensive line. I, I don't, I mean, we talked about it last year in terms of like, would you rather have a short quarterback or a, a taller quarterback? And we both went with taller quarterback for obvious reasons. Um, although that Jordan's been booked from time to time, nonetheless, there's not much else to say other than they're going to get some new guys started on the, in the running game. And, Jeff Wilson, Jr. is coming off of IR. So, uh, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sneaky game here, four-point favorite Jacksonville. Over under 44.5. And, and Minshew Mania, baby, is back. We, every other week we get Minshew. <laughs> and, uh, but here's the real storyline. Anthony Richardson, very talented, five injuries. I put him on the um, injury report basically every week, and he's not going to be playing this week. You know, we you talked about last year how Tua needed to learn how to slide or take or sort of fall, right? Yeah, take how, to, to how
1: to fall correctly, how to protect yourself it, through being tackled.
0: It, and we're seeing it how it can affect a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, potential star of this league. He's out again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited for
1: this game. Uh, you know, the Jags they just uh, just got back to back wins in London. Uh, uh, the, last week's was a really really big win um upsetting the uh the bills mm-hmm. um i think uh I, I i think i might have said this on the podcast last week um i think the jaguars are going to impress earlier in this season than they did last year um that it, it was almost we almost were in the playoffs by the time they started getting a lot of respect last season uh, i think that that's changing right now with the win over over uh, in london and uh This one a good divisional matchup three and two versus three and two. Uh, I like the Jags to win this one at home. I like them to beat that spread, forty four and a half. I'm taking the over again. I think uh, when things are clicking for Trevor Lawrence and his offense, and they are right now, um, they can put up big points. Um, You know, you, you can have a good defense, but right now, when you play the Jaguars at their best, you're going to have to win in a shootout. And I just don't see that happening from the Colts, uh, especially down their starting
0: quarterback. Yeah, no question. But I'll, be, I'll tell you what, Jacksonville's third worst in FPA against quarterbacks. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like, yeah, they're, they're screwed without Anthony Richardson. Maybe they're not. Maybe not against Jacksonville. I mean, Minshew mania, baby. You know, you got Uncle Rico out <laughs> no, there throwing over mountains. I, I do like you know? Minshew, so um, yeah, <laughs> wearing denim shorts and yeah, dude, cutoffs and whatnot. I mean, I I don't hate like I I think you know he could be a good good streamer this week if you heard somebody got somebody on a buy. So the New Orleans Saints, Houston Texans, one half point favorite to New Orleans, a forty two and a half over under. Trevor New Orleans is sneaky, sneakily. Creeped up into one of the best defenses in the league category, especially against the last week against New England. Saw how Tyree Matthew still has like a really good nose for the ball, and Houston has um, has a lot of injuries to some star players, but CJ Stroud still balling out. It's a good game.
1: No, this this is yeah. a good matchup. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the rivalry here, you know, if a lot of the uh, rest of America. Uh, has to be reminded just how close oh, no, geographically Eastern. these two teams are. Um, you get, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, families with uh, foot in both camps, um, and uh, and they're two towns that have been through a lot of similar struggles with uh, hurricanes and uh, and everything that can go wrong with the weather down there. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a compelling matchup. I think the game being in Houston is uh is a big deal for uh for CJ Stroud playing with that home crowd energy not having to go into the uh the the Superdome where it can be just brutal uh to be a visiting team there and to me yeah a one and a half point favorite that that seems accurate cuz this feels like a really really good game really really well matched um and uh yeah it's I'm going to take the Texans at home, but I really do think this is a really, really even game. I'm taking the Texans in an upset. Um, I I love what Stroud's doing right now. Um, The Saints, Saints, I think, are going to stay competitive in their division for now, Um, but I think they fall back to 500 after this
0: game. Houston's 6th worst against FP, uh, against running backs in FPA. So if I was you, I'd be starting Alvin Kamara. Um, kind of picked it up last week against New England, and will continue to catch 13 balls for 30 yards. So, <laughs> uh, moving on. Oh, God. The New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders, 2.5-point favorites at Vegas, over under 41.5. Uh, I just had Vietnam flashbacks of the game last year of when Jacoby Myers threw it backwards and Chandler Jones took it for a touchdown. Then that game, and now I have to think about this game again. Um, New England used to be the team where they would play a game like in, in Vegas and this would be a get-right game for them to kind of like throughout the <laughs> rest of the season. And now, <laughs> and now New England's the get-right team. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. That's, um, and Josh McDaniels playing against Bill, it's, Yeah. All right. Yep. Yep. All right. All right,
1: Rob. I want you to earmuffs. Okay. All right. Because I'm going to speak to the rest of America right now. (sighs) We we know who the Patriots are. We know who the Patriots were. (sighs) R.I.P. All right. 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 Now, when uh, when Tom Brady left, a lot of this, you know, football nation, were just excited (laughs) for uh, for the Patriots to be bad. And uh, and it didn't happen right away, yeah. But it has happened. The yep. Patriots suck. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and what I saw <laughs> what I saw last week, uh, with with uh, Devonte Adams, is just that the the Raiders, they're not as bad as the Patriots. Okay, they're bad, but they're not <laughs> they're that bad. bad. Wow. Okay. So I I have to take the Raiders in this game. Uh, two and a half point favorites, so I'm going to have to take them to beat the spread. Um, I still like the over in mm-hmm. this game. I think the Patriots will, will find the end zone
0: uh, once or twice. Oh, you better hope. So. They haven't found the end zone. It's 18 possessions. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. I can't believe you just said once or twice. No, no, no. Uh, no I, I, know, know, I, I mean, the, the Raiders are not
1: good. They're yeah. not. They're not good. No, there's New uh, the Raiders are bad. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to win this game. Okay. Uh, in Vegas. So, <laughs> so there you have my take. Uh, Raiders win.
0: They they cover the two and a half point spread. And I'm taking the over. Yeah. Start the Vegas Raiders defense. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. The seven point favorites. L.A. Over under forty eight and a half. I. That's a. Boy. I didn't see that one coming for the over under. But. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, NFC West matchup and. I don't really know what to make of LA any right now. At, at all. I mean Cooper Cup's back. But Coop, Cooper Cooper Cup's back. Yeah. Uh
1: Nuka not Nakua. Nakua. hmm Nukia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Jesus. but uh so I I actually agree a lot with the with the odds makers here. I think I think this is the Rams victory uh playing at home. Uh, I think uh I think their offense is better than their record. Uh, and I feel the same way about the Cardinals, I, and that's why I like this over/under being at forty-eight and a half. I'm going to take the over in this game. I think we see these teams light it up. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good offense, a lot of bad defense, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, I like the
0: Rams to uh, to win by a touchdown or more. Okay. So, uh, so there you have it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Arizona third worst against an FPA against quarterbacks. I think Matt Stafford's available about fifty percent leagues. He wasn't mine. And that's twelve team league. So I would recommend picking him up. He might be like start of the week, Matt Stafford. I, I can't believe I didn't even see that in the grave the gravy. But um yeah, that's that's how I see it. Especially with Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, Well, you got three guys that can just catch like they those guys I mean, they're all possession receivers. So you, you like can't have a better position for in a receiving core than he has right now in the NFL. Like they're all healthy. Yeah. Just uh yeah. At three and three, get right game. <laughs> no <laughs> one's not get right team anymore we are the get right team that's it we are that's I'll have to accept it <laughs> I'm still processing against Philadelphia at New York Jets 7.3 favorite Philly over under 41 um if if anything proved us proved right this last week it was that Philadelphia is sort of vulner- is, is very vulnerable um they take a bit to get kind of settled in the games and I don't, do do you think they're sleepwalking like what's the deal with Philly at this point,
1: well, it, it's you know they they're sleepwalking into a five and zero record. Um, <laughs> right So that's the thing. I, I do think that uh, that's part of of what made them really competitive last season. Um, they do not play mistake free football by any means. Um, but uh, and, and it reminds me of another team that we're going to talk about soon. But uh, it, it's kind of the way they handle. The, the, the little things that don't go their way within the game. They can have a slow start. They can uh you know commit turnovers. I mean it hurts on the season six touchdowns to four interceptions, six passing touchdowns.
0: I think like four or five fumbles, so. yeah
1: Yeah. So uh but uh you know five and oh regardless. Right. So uh you know I think uh and like you said that these first five weeks are almost the preseason. Um so you know, the Jets lost their future Hall of Fame quarterback in the preseason, week one. Yeah. Uh, Johnson and Johnson's favorite yeah. son. <laughs> uh, so, so, no, I, I do like the Eagles in this matchup. I, I don't expect them to finish the season undefeated. Um, they're not a shoe-in uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, they do feel like a shoe-in for the playoffs. Um, but... Uh, but, yeah, I, I like the Eagles to win this week. Um, it's going to definitely be a test against the Jets' defense. Um, but, uh, but still, uh, overall, team against team, I, I do like Philadelphia pretty handedly in this mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, the, uh, the things that are really tough about the Jets' defense, uh, you know, really bode well for slowing down Hurts through the air. But uh, I don't think that they're the team that are going to stop the uh, the scrum that gets them in the end zone so many times. Um, so I do like the Eagles to uh, to play you know, pretty hard-nosed football here and, and get a, I don't want to say easy road win, but a very predictable road win in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I like Philadelphia to win this one. Um, it's not impossible to see the Jets keeping it close, but I don't think it will happen. I think Philadelphia beats that seven-point spread. And, uh, you know, the Eagles defense has its own set of struggles, so I do like the over here as well.
0: Okay. Uh, Philadelphia defense starts um, because the New York Jets are without two starting offensive linemen. Elijah Tucker was rolled out for the rest of the season. I think Mekhi Becton may not be playing this week. So moving on to the Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Bucks, a three-point favorite of Detroit over under 42-and-a-half. I kind of a fun one. You got two, it two really former is. number one overall picks that have sort of been in purgatory, but have figured out their careers a little bit here, potentially. A little early for Baker Mayfield, but your boy, man. Yeah, playing at home, playing well.
1: Uh, so looking yeah, healthy. This uh, this is my game of the week. This is the one I want to watch the most. Um, Over the Giants and Bills, really. <laughs> yeah, can you believe it? Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I love what both these teams are doing. The Lions. Uh, they're the team I was referring to a moment ago when I say this is a team that just, uh, they handle the mistakes. They don't let mistakes uh, take momentum away. They don't let mistakes derail the game because uh, they, they certainly don't play mistake-free on offense. They commit plenty of turnovers. Um, but the Lions, they just they just hammer you right now, and they've got a defense uh, to go along with it. Um, so I, I do like Detroit in this game. Um, but man, the Buccaneers, you know, a lot of that roster is still just, uh, what, two or three years removed from being Super, Super Bowl champions. champions. Yep. Um, and, uh, and you can say what you want about Baker Mayfield, but he's one of these guys that made it as far as he did because he believes in himself. You know what I mean? He, he thinks he's the guy to do it. Um, they've got the pieces in place there and it's starting to click and they're, they're a three and one football team playing at home, NFC matchup. Um I think this is going to be a great game. Uh I'll probably already be hammered uh from watching a, just Jesus. a despicable NFC North matchup. Uh, we um <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> I I fully expect uh to be drunk enough to to cheer for my division <laughs> rival over uh my former uh OU Heisman-winning quarterback. It's a family uh, show. So. I <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, no, it, it, seriously, I'm, I'm going to take the Lions. Uh, I think the Lions are going to be a scary 5-1 and one team after this. Um, the Buccaneers at 3-2 and two would still be very much alive in their division. Um, but also, that, that's another thing they're playing for. They come out 4-1, and one and they, they're taking a pretty strong uh, uh, stance in, in that division. Uh, still tight right now. But, uh, but, yeah, both these teams playing well with a lot to play for this week and going into the meat of the uh, the season. So this this is the game that I'm most excited for. But, yeah, taking Detroit to win. It's a three-point spread. I'm going to take Detroit to beat the spread. Hmm. And uh, the 42-and-a-half is actually pretty tough because I do like both these defenses a lot. I mean, I do. Um, Anton Winfield Jr. He should have been a Viking, damn it. Uh <laughs> But, on uh, the ether on
0: the
1: podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, somebody called Nas. Yeah. Jeez. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, am going to take the over on the forty-two and a half because I do, uh, I do think that these,
0: these offenses find a way to, to drive the score up. Yeah. Not much to say. Um, I mean, I, I, it's funny because you look at the FPAs across the board, they're pretty even, like both defenses are in higher end categories for how they protect the football and. Uh, running, running, and passing, and whatnot. But I'll tell you one one guy you got to keep your eye on. I think he's pretty underrated. He's on Tampa Bay. His name's tight end Cade Otten. I've mentioned him before. Um, I think I could be wrong, but Detroit's had some issues on the edge and sort of bumping these tight ends off the line and sort of giving a little bit, maybe a little bit too much space. And if Tampa Bay plays from behind, he's going to be an important part of them getting back into the game. And um, I, I think that's the way it is. That that's how I see it. Kate Otten, sort of potential fantasy matchup. Oh, well, this will be an easy one. It's the New York Giants at the Buffalo Bills. It's their largest line of the year so far. There's no... We have no... You know, balloons don't fall from the ceiling when that happens, but it's a 14 half point there to Buffalo, over under 45. You, you know, New York's... The Giants are in the same position as New England right now. And Buffalo's coming off a tough loss. This is a get-right game for them, and I mean, that, what else can you call it? That's the way it is. So we we guess we can assume that Buffalo is going to get right here.
1: Yeah, yeah, Buffalo is going <laughs> to Buffalo I mean, going to get right. Good god. Um, yeah. And that that's the thing. The the it's it's almost disrespectful almost uh to give this kind of line uh to a team that just uh just got beat by the Jags. Um but uh but no, I, yeah, the Bills are going to win this game. I uh I like the over here. Obviously. Um, yeah, they're going
0: to win by... Uh, what, how many points are they going to put up? Like 50? I don't know. Jesus. I, I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> like, It's going to rain in Orchard Park?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, this this is tough. I yeah. mean, part of me wants to say, like, oh, the Giants, they can cover 14 and a half. Surely, surely they could keep it to just a 14-point victory. Um, but... I just don't, I, oh man, the, the, the Bill's defense is good. I know it didn't look like that last week when they were jet lagged in London. Um, but they, uh, you know, they were the team that that brought the 70 point, uh, you know, dolphins back to reality. Um that, that's who they are. They're back in New York, um, Playing at home, I know it's not a far drive or a far trip for the uh, for the Giants, but still, I like the Bills a lot in this one. Um, the Giants, man, the team that knocked my team out of the playoffs last year—they're just just terrible right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's no easy way to say it; it's it's just bad. Um, so yeah, I, I like the Bills to win. I think <laughs> I think they might win by three touchdowns. Um, the over. Yeah I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take the over.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't I do have much to say. I just hope Saquon Barkley plays. <laughs> so, the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers, two-point favorite Dallas, over under 51. Another fun potential AFC, like you said, 1970s, 80s matchup here. That was an incredible catch by Corlin Sutton. Um, and, uh, you know, to be honest with you, man, Dak Prescott – has gotten and deserves all the criticism in the world for the way he played. He's been playing. It's been bad. And you're the first one to call it out.
1: Yeah, no, it yeah. it is bad.
0: Yeah, um, earlier, I think before this, the season started, or even last year, he said he's below, below average or, or mid. No, he, he's, he's, he's just not. Yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, he's, he's shown flashes of being the guy. But, I mean, if you gave most people... And I don't mean to be a homer with with this comparison, but if you gave most NFL fans right now a choice, like who who you know your team, and you get to decide who plays quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. I mean it's not even a tough mm-hmm. choice, is it? No, it's just not. And Kirk Cousins, he's he's good, uh, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. No, he's know. like tier two. Or three. Exactly. Yeah, sure. So so. That's who Dak Prescott is. He's not as good as Kirk Cousins, and you got him playing football for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, You know, great O line, great defense, uh, weapons uh, at every level, and uh, and, yeah, there's uh, there's one big problem, and it's Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. Um, He just just played terrible last week. Uh was it uh three interceptions I think mm-hmm. last week. Um it's just it's just oh, yeah, so uh so yeah, I uh I don't know why Dallas is favored to win by two in this game. Uh I guess it's uh another uh technical upset for me to picking the Chargers to win at home, uh with their roster and uh the Chargers two and two and they feel like a two and two team. Um, but they uh, they got a lot of talent. Um, I, I got some question marks uh, at the coaching position, um, but right now I, I I feel fairly confident in this technical upset. I'm taking the Chargers, um, I'm taking the uh, taking the over on the 51. Uh, I think I think these two teams, uh, you know, the, the Dallas defense is good, but that Chargers offense is just stacked. And uh, and I, I like Herbert I like him a lot at home I think Herbert plays really really tough in front of the home crowd, um so you, you might see him uh, get roughed up a little bit in this game but but I like him to to uh, you know hang in the pocket as long as he has to to get that open guy, uh Keenan Allen he's uh mm-hmm. he's been you know he's exceeded expectations so far in the season so yeah I like uh, I like the Chargers in this
0: one and I like the over. Um, yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good call. I mean, at, uh, at, uh, at home the Chargers may actually have hopefully a, a Charger crowd, but you know how Dallas travels, especially in in Los Angeles. I don't know if you'll see a uh, a friendly crowd for the home team, you know, if you will. So, um, not much to say in this one, man. I mean, Austin Eckler is a little banged up, coming off a bye week. It's the perfect time to pick the Chargers. You got two weeks to prepare for their Cowboys. This is this is what it is, you know. Um, and if Dallas goes three and three people are going to be calling for Cooper Rush. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, we'll hopefully maybe see Cooper Rush's name in the uh in the depth chart, a QB1, you know. Shout out to uh our, our dear friend Cooper Rush, you know, and CD Lamb and maybe somebody can benefit from this offense, man. I mean, Mike McCarthy makes it pretty easy for quarterbacks and running backs, but this is sort of the way it's been since he's been there with, with Dak Prescott. So, sir, do you have anything else to say until we... Salute! Week, <laughs> week seven. Salute. Uh, you know, I, I can't root against the Packers this week because
1: uh, they're they're not playing this week. Right, that's tough. But yeah. you can pee on their logo. Yeah. No. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so uh, I got my buddy Rob in town here. I took him to a Vikings bar uh, last Sunday, and uh, he was just tickled that that the uh, the urinal
0: cakes were were Green Bay Packer. Yeah, one of the better uh, like gaffs I've ever seen. Um being at any like sort of like theme bar. Uh incredible. That uh, definitely incredible atmosphere. And um you know, if you don't have a horn in your house, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, right. That's yeah. all I can say. That's that's why I go there. So I can hear the matter horn. <laughs> all right, sir. Well until next time, um when we come back for week seven, feel free to like, subscribe, hit all the buttons. They're important to keeping everything and the information flowing on this podcast. Until then. We're out.